All right, so <coughs> I had the most difficult time trying to figure out what I was going to talk about today. And uh, this goes back to March. T Tony actually had come to me quite a few months ago, and he was like, but I want you to preach. And I was like, okay. But usually he gives me a topic or an idea of like, he's like, just do whatever you want. I was like, oh, thanks. So I'm doing whatever I want, but it turns out like I was actually kind of panicking. Last last Sunday I came down to kind of to the wire, and I was like, Lord, I don't know what the heck you want me to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't even know what the topic's going to be. Uh, but then uh, Tony says it every Sunday, and we've heard it numerous times here. And um, So usually at the end of the service, I'm pretty sure he says it every Sunday, and he says that God wants more, and he wants more from us, and he wants more for us. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, I wonder how many people actually know what that means or entails. And like, cause like for me, I was like, I wonder even if I know what that means or like, cause, um, the verse, the verse that he got the inspiration from is John 10, 10. So if you want to turn to that real quick and read, we'll read that. <coughs> Maybe he should have stayed out here. All right. John 10, 10. He said he got it from the King James Version, but it's very similar in the in the CSB, which is the Bibles around. If you guys don't have a Bible, you're more than welcome to grab one uh, from the random tables or in, in here. Um, and if you don't have one at home, you are as our gift to you. You can take that with you. <coughs> so let's start with off with a little bit of prayer, shall we? Uh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for this opportunity for me to speak, uh, Lord. I'm still nervous. Um, probably should probably should do it more than once a year to kind of get over these nerves. But Lord, I, I just want to represent you, and I want you you to be heard here. Lord, I just want your words to be and not mine. Lord, I pray these things in your awesome and holy name, and uh, Amen. So, uh, John ten ten reads: A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. So that's where he got the the uh, inspiration for um, his saying, God wants more for us and wants more from us. I think, for me, the most difficult part about the from us part is, God wants more from us. Why? What could that possibly mean? How could God want more from us? You know, What do we have to offer for a perfect and complete God? <coughs> so God wants more. And what exactly does that mean? Well, first, it's good to know what God wants. Um, God is complete. He's perfect. You know, uh, what does he want versus what he needs? Uh, I can say with a, a certainty that he doesn't need anything from us. So it's a little reassuring to know that he wants something from us. <coughs> so I want you guys to turn to Genesis chapter one, and we're going to sit here for just a few for a little while. Um, Genesis chapter one during the creation week. So Genesis chapter one, I'm not going to read all of it. But I'm going to just kind of go off where uh, he creates man. <coughs> so. 
So Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, or 26, I'm sorry. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image, created him in the image of God. He created him male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the er entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This food will be for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky. <coughs> um, so we see here that God has created everything, you know, in the, in the whether we're not going to go into what the days of the week are, or how long it's been or whatever like that. I'm just going to stick with that God created. OK, God created man in his image. <coughs> God created everything. Uh, but something different that sticks out with man is that we have a job to do. We have responsibilities. God has given us things to do on the earth. So, and what we notice in Genesis chapter 2, um, where does it start at? Chapter 7, uh, Genesis 2, chapter 7, I don't know why I didn't write, whatever. Um, then the Lord God formed the man. So what, what we see here is happening is like, chapter 1 we got this, we, got, we, we know God created man. So now in chapter 2 we see how God created man. And we don't get this kind of description from any other, of any of the plants, any of the, the earth, the, the, uh, the, the moons, the sun. We don't get a description of how he did it. We just said, he did it. There it is, and it's good. Here we get a description of how God formed man. Man out of the, he <coughs> God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. The man became a living being. The Lord God planted the Garden of Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused <coughs> to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the midst of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <coughs> Uh, God saw that it wasn't, let's see, skip a little bit and, move, and see where he um, uh, creates woman, because man needs a partner, a, um, a helper. Where did it go? Then, so chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is like him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground each wild animal and each bird of the sky and brought each man to see who, uh, who he would call it. So <laughs> in the beginning, we got to actually, we had another job. We got to name all the animals. So that's another responsibility for man that other creation doesn't get to have. Um, that, was, that, uh, that was his name that he called it. The man gave names to all livestock, the birds, the sky, and every wild animal, but the man had no helper was found. 
So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed the flesh in that place. Then the Lord God <coughs> made the rib he had taken from the man into the woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is this one at last, the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she is taken from man. So now we have a description of how God created man. We have a description of how God created woman. And it's a description that you don't get from any other creation in Genesis. You have, it's, it's actually very neat, very cool to me. <coughs> but what does this mean for God wants more? That's what I said earlier is God, like, we have to understand what God wants. Um, so God created us individually, specifically, and gave us jobs. <coughs> so during the creation week, what does God put, uh, put most of his effort, most of his attention in creating? What God most uh, gives all the responsibilities to? Out of all the things God created, man <coughs> and woman get the most attention. Not only do we get the most attention, but we also are created in his image and his likeness. Nothing else is created in God's image or his likeness. <coughs> and what does this mean? Well, simply put, we look like God, and before the fall of man, which sadly is just one more chapter, um, we were perfect. We were exactly what God wanted at that time. Nothing He wanted nothing more from us. Before the fall of man, we were perfect. <coughs> um we were in a perfect relationship with him. We walked with him. We spoke with him. We knew God on the most personal level possible. And at that time, we were communicating with God at the highest possible level through language. We don't know what the language was, but we know we were talking to him. But then we see in chapter 3, <coughs> this is the fall of man. This is probably the darkest day in human history, no matter what um, you're told on the news. Um, because this is what caused caused everything now. All the, all the horrible things that we know about now, this is the reason why they happen. Um, so I'm just going to skip to the sin's consequence. The Lord, so in uh, Genesis chapter 3, chapter uh, verse 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. <coughs> this is how we know that uh, Adam and Eve uh, were in communication and were actually talking with and walking with God because we have right here, they knew what he sounded like when he entered the garden. They knew wh what was happening. They heard him coming, and they hid. They hid because they were ashamed, and this is the first time they've <coughs> ever felt this emotion. Um, so God routinely walked in the Garden of Eden with them because Adam and Eve knew the sound of the Lord walking. And at the first thing they did, at this point, was hide their nakedness. <coughs> and then they hid from God. They were ashamed. They were ashamed, something that had never happened before in history. And from this point on, man was separated from God. Um, God, after this, casted Adam and Eve from, from the Garden of Eden. You know, sometimes I like to think about what the world would be like if um, Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. But then you got to think about there would be probably two people groups or uh, the people that got cast out because like eventually you know Adam and Eve were their, their job was to be fruitful multiply so eventually they were going to have kids in the Garden of Eden if you know they hadn't sinned so like this is just just me going on a little bit of a tangent <coughs> just a little bit of my thought process here um, but then you'd have eventually somebody would take from the tree right they would eventually somebody 
doesn't matter, I don't know who it is, but then they would be cast out. Would they be killed immediately? But, you know, the only evidence, well, the only thing that we have says, well, Adam and Eve ate it, and they weren't killed immediately. But were, you know, like all these different questions come up, and all these different, like, ideas come up. So there would be two different people groups. There would be the perfect one in the Garden of Eden. Would the people get cast out? Would they have the opportunity to get back into the Garden of Eden? Like, all these different questions happen. So, like, maybe this was a better way, an easier way. I don't know. But it is the way that we have to go now because it's our only option. <coughs> but, so, um, so at this point, man was separated from God permanently. Um, there were atonements that, that were being able to be made. Um, but what <coughs> does this, but luckily for us, God has a plan. A plan that for us took millennia, but for God probably just a few minutes because he lives outside of time. But, you know, we have to live with that. <coughs> Why does this plan exist? Because from all of this, we can s- surmise that God wants us. Uh, what does God want from us? What is God like? So figuring out what God wants, he wants us. How do we know that? Because God created us in his image. He created us in his likeness. He gave us jobs. He wants us to have responsibility. But we ruined, uh, we ruined that opportunity by rejecting him, by not believing what he says. So, <coughs> because of that rejection, we have condemned the earth to, you know, to death to f- because of our sin. Um, so God wants us. He wants you and me. He doesn't need us. He wants. He doesn't need us. And I made this description uh, distinction earlier. He wants us. <coughs> he wants us to love him. He wants us to love his creation, which means he wants us to love our enemies. He wants us to love the people that aren't like us. He wants us to love the people that kind of freak us out a little bit, maybe. Uh, Jesus didn't spend time with the religious people. He spent time with the sinners, and that's where we should be casting most of the light, <coughs> or all the light, because they don't, because they need to see it. Um, okay, so now we know what God wants, at least in, the con- in this context, God wants us. We've established that <coughs> what does it mean that God wants more from us? I don't know. We need to establish what God wants more from us. <coughs> so God wants us. He wants all of us. Some would say that that is enough. You know, like what more could we possibly give someone who has everything? Um, Just the fact that I believe in him should be enough for him, right? You know, and it is. It really is. <coughs> well, guess what? The exist just because we believe, just because his existence doesn't count on our belief. Like if we don't believe in him, it doesn't mean he doesn't exist. It just means we don't believe in him. You know, and unfortunately, too many people go through life with that kind of attitude, and they unfortunately find out the hard way that he does indeed ex- exist. <coughs> So we cannot, so we, <coughs> well, so we come to know him, now what, so we choose, so we do come to believe in him, now what? What is this, what is this more from, what, is, oh, okay, I see. 
what is this, what is this more like what like we get it like god wants us you know we we understand that our belief is enough but more how can we give him more belief like what does that even entail well god wants more but that means everything and what does everything mean why would a God with everything need that from me? Well, that's the <coughs> distinction we need to make sure we understand. God does not need it. He does not need any th- any of our many. <coughs> he does not need. Really? He does not need our many, our time, our money, our time, or any, or really our anything. He already has it all. The special thing about the relationship with us is that He wants us. He wants us. To feel wanted is a special feeling, you know, us as individuals, you know, to feel wanted by somebody, to feel like they truly want us is a special feeling. Now, I don't know if God feels that feeling or not, um, but I'm sure he desires, you know, it, it, the Bible says that he desires for all of us to come to know him. He, does, he doesn't desire for anyone to pass, to perish. So, like, we know that God loves us and wants us. <coughs> He clear he already has it all, and this special thing about his relationship with us is that he he wants us, and that to feel the special feeling in, is it indeed. At this point in history, we should be very blessed that God still wants us. Now, what about the more that I keep bringing up? Yes, the more. How could we give him more? If he wants everything, how can I give him more than everything? Well, for one, it's not even about um, material things. God doesn't care about what we have or what we want. That's why the prosperity gospel that all of us hear so often is such a joke, because if that were the gospel, (coughs) every saved person on this planet would have prosperity. Um, Like, as soon as someone got saved, gold would fall from the sky and they would instantly be rich. And that that would... prove the prosperity gospel to be the way things are, but it is not, obviously not that way, because we see people suffering who believe all the time. So what is it that we we are, <coughs> so what is it that God wants, because, so, what is it that we have that uh, God doesn't have? You know, to put it to put it simply, you know, He doesn't have our hearts. <coughs> he doesn't have our minds. He doesn't have our souls, and that is the essence of what He wants from us. You know, He wants our hearts. He wants our minds. He wants our souls. Uh, everything that he wants, we can find that is so many different places in Scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn there. Um, Deuteronomy six five, and in uh, in these are all exa- er, all examples of the heart, mind, and the the soul that God wants from us. It's like Matthew, uh, Deuteronomy six five, Mark twelve. 30, Matthew 22, 37, Luke 10, 27, Deuteronomy 13, 3. More than 50 different verses in, in uh, my Bible um, are examples of uh, our heart, 
our souls and our minds. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to Mar Mark or Matthew 22:37, just to read one of the examples. And he said to him, I'll leave it with context, so I'll read the verse before that, a couple of verses. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked the question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? <laughs> he said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like, so the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets de depend on these two commands. So what does God want more from us? He wants, well, everything. He wants us to worship him. So with all those verses, and there's more, like I said, there's more than 50 examples. So like, it is possible that God's probably trying to get, it, get something across to us, trying to make a serious point. Well, that just sounds impossible, doesn't it? Because, guess what? It is impossible. It is, for us, it is impossible for us to just do all these things without any sort of reason or, you know, because we, as humans, are, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. You know, the Bible says that. <coughs> so, what has to happen in order for us to be able to do all this stuff? Well, God has to bridge the gap. He has to bridge this huge chasm of a gap that we created when we we took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <coughs> God sent his son, Jesus, his only his perfect son to live and to die for us, but most importantly to resurrect because that's the because the proof is in the pudding, right? <coughs> I don't know why. It just is. I just wanted to say that. Um <laughs> because of this because of this uh huge sacrifice we can now have our relationship with God that was um, established in the Garden of Eden. The sacrifice that God made, the sacrifice that Jesus made, um, it's all because of this relationship God wants to have with us once again. Now, before before Jesus before uh, Jesus uh, was sacrificed and with the resurrection stuff, there were, you know, there's a whole other sermon about what they were doing, the, you know, the sacrifices that they were making with the animals and the sins that they were atoning for with all the sacrifices, a long process and a lot of stuff that went down. Then God, you know, there's a lot of bloodshed from the animals, and God didn't, uh, he didn't like that either. <coughs> but it was necessary because there wasn't an ultimate sacrifice yet. Now, this all, this all feels overwhelming, and I understand, and it's like, what do you want me to do with this information? <coughs> but trust me when I can when I say that it, it, we can be at ease because God knows that it is overwhelming for us, and it, He understands that. Um, believing and accepting in Jesus into your life isn't a one and done kind of thing. Well, it is, but it isn't at the same time. <coughs> um, belief and acceptance are one thing; it's the start of it. It's like it's like your first step into the Christian life. Uh, you believe, you trust, you accept Jesus into your heart, you get baptized. Baptism isn't a, a well, it's a profession of your faith. It's a uh, public display of affection between you and God. <coughs> um, 
So from us, God wants our hearts, souls, and minds. Overly simplified, he just wants a meaningful relationship with us. <coughs> and when... And when we use this in the context of between you and I, or between a friend of ours or something like that, how do you how do you create a meaningful relationship with just anybody, like if just a friend or just somebody you want to get to know better? Like, well, you communicate with them. You talk to them. You get to know them better. Like, so what does that mean between us and God? That means we pray. you got to have a prayer life. you got to be praying in the morning, like really just constantly. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 or 8 through 22. <coughs> First Thessalonians 5, 15 to 22, or just verse 17. Verse 17 is a really short verse, and it just says, pray without ceasing, or constantly pray. <coughs> now, how do you do that? Well, it's not really that you're walking around with your head down and bumping into people. It's more or less just you in a constant mind of prayer. You know, it's like, are you constantly in communication with God? Are you, con- are you just trying to keep your mind on godly things? And that's part of it. But also, God wants you to pray for things specifically. He wants you to pr- have a list of these, these ideas that these people have. Like, we've been talking about for the last two months about this, this one person in your life that you want to you bring, that you want to influence, that you want to bring to church, or you want to get them to know Jesus. Well, you can pray for them, and you can pray for them in a meaningful way, but you've got to pray specifically. You've got to say, Lord Jesus, I want him to come to church with me next Sunday. I want him to, or them, or her, <coughs> to come with me to this small group this week. You know, you got to be specific. You know, and it, and there's more. You can get more as specific as you want, um, but God wants specifics. He wants to know who you are, and <coughs> that's part of a good relationship. Um, uh, another part is you listen to each other, right? You, uh, what's what kind of communica- communication happens if you're not listening to the other person? Now God doesn't necessarily speak audibly to us, but He has left us 66 books of His Word um, that we have to read, and we get an abundance of wisdom and knowledge, and to get to know Him through these words. <coughs> That's us listening to Him. Um, these, this is his revelation to us. You know, we, we, you know, there were prophets back in the Old Testament, um, but just reading the reading the Bible, there are all sixty-six books. You can't just read the New Testament and expect, or just even just the Gospels. If you read just the Gospels, you're going to miss so much more because this is the Gospel. This whole book, you know, like you can't just miss. You're going to miss out so much because it, because. Um, Deuteronomy 6.5, back going back to where we were talking about the heart, heart mind, and soul. Deuteronomy 6.5 is, and Mark 12.30 are almost word for word the same. Um, they're talking about <coughs> um, the heart, soul, and mind. Uh, and in Mark 12.30, also Mark the heart, soul, and mind. And that's awesome because those books were written thousands of years apart. And that's just impossible nowadays, right? We don't... So... What else needs to happen between a loved one's relationship and you, or not even a loved one, just a friend that you want? <coughs> um, like you got to be encouraging to one another, you know. And this this is kind of this is a light kind of a description, but in worship, you know, what what does worship mean to you between you and God? Um, we worship through music. We 
but we're not, not just supposed to worship through music. We're supposed to worship through our lives. So what does that look like? You know, are you at work? Are you constantly, you know, are you in a church? Like, you might not have woken up on the right side of bed. You might be having a bad attitude, but, you know, does that reflect what your life looks like at work? You know, do you bring that to work, or do you bring work home and, like, have a bad attitude at home or at work? Because these things, they add up that people notice. You know, you may not think so, but, you know, I work at Disney, probably one of the most accepting places on the planet. You know, everybody gets a, everybody has an opportunity at Disney, right? Um, and for the most part, that's true. But uh, I do find myself a little bit weary of sharing my faith to my coworkers because you don't know who they are. You know, they can't just go and say, "Well, you need Jesus," because I can end up at home at um at Human Resources and lose my job. But so, like, you got to be sensitive to the scenario. You know, you can't just, you got to, you know, make sure they understand and, like, have a, make sure it's a conversation base. You know, like, because I have talked about my faith many times. Actually, it's it's actually been quite the um, opportunity at Disney. But, you know, it's, I have to be sensitive to what, what else is going on. And the Lord opens up those opportunities. But, like, the worship in your life isn't just singing songs. Because, like, if it was just singing songs, I would be kind of in trouble because it's not my favorite thing to do um i don't you know i don't really raise my hands you know and uh i don't know why i just i just don't i don't like it i don't i don't know if it's the attention but obviously it might not be the attention because i'm up here right now right so <coughs> so worship comes in all different shapes and sizes and like there's no defining purpose of defining like what worship is like you got to live your life in an example of what christ did for you <coughs> um, and this sounds like an awful lot. Giving more and more and more, and God just receiving it. And doesn't I don't feel like there's anything coming out of that, right? Doesn't doesn't feel like a give take relationship or a give give just a. So it just feels like us giving constantly to God and not getting anything else back. That's not true at all. Um, through you know that's this is what sanctification is. Sanctification is our pr- a process in our lives to where we. We get, you know, it's like a, we get better, like two steps forward, one step back. We get, uh, you know, throughout life, we get, you know, our relationship with Jesus grows, or it's supposed to. Um, and that's completely up to you, actually. You know, if you don't want your relationship with Jesus to grow, it won't. And Jesus doesn't like it either. But, um, <coughs> and that's just how, how you know, it's, it's a relationship. So, like, if you don't put work into it, um, Jesus is going to be right there behind you waiting for you. So no matter what, no matter what you're doing, if you, even if you feel like you're starting off from step one again, Jesus is still there and he's going to help you. And he's just, he's just waiting for you. <coughs> um, so as we're doing this through our lives, you know, as we're becoming sanctified and we're working our way through life and, um, the more and more we pray and understand God, the more our hearts get more and more in sync with God. So our hearts are, you know, before we're saved, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. And then even after we're saved, our thoughts are pretty much evil all the time. And that's why we pray. That's why we, we have to resist that temptation. We have to resist that. And that's, you know, God will help us with that. Our priorities will shift. You know, as that as our heart changes and gets molded by God, <coughs> which, you know, we still have earthly um, 
jobs. We still have earth, you know, we still have to be here on earth, but the m- my favorite description of like being here on earth is that we're going to be insulated and not isolated. We can't isolate ourselves away from the people that need us most. You know, just because it scares you doesn't mean I mean, there's a lot of things that are scary. Like my personally, my one of my biggest fears are sharks. They're scary. They're fast and they're big and they can eat me. But, you know, I still go in the ocean. Um, sometimes a little more wearyful, but it's, it's still I still do it. <coughs> and that's kind of like a, our life as Christians. You know, we we understand that this world is going to chew us up and spit us out. Like we get it. You know, and it's hard and it's it's sometimes it's just unbearable. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to keep on pushing because it it'll get better. I promise. <coughs> I can't promise you that it'll get better here on earth, but it will get better. Um, cause that's ultimately what we're, what we're striving for is our, our final destination. The, the kingdom of God is what we're growing. So, uh, bringing the light, to, so our, you know, our job, our responsibility, you know, as our hearts, you know, this is where the abundance in life comes from is like, w- we get to spread the gospel. We get to sp- be the light to the darkness, um, this is where the fulfillment comes from. This is, you know, we all kind of striving. You know, we might not make a lot of money, but you know what? We're fulfilled. We're happy. You know, some of the happiest places on the planet are some of the poorest places on the planet. Money does not cause happiness. Actually, with the more, usually, the more the money you have, the more issues and more problems you have. Um, is money bad? Um, and among itself, no. It's just it is exactly what you do with that with that gift from God. You know. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it, it, you have to understand that it is a gift from God. <coughs> now, the, you know, don't under, don't miss, don't misunderstand. Like, there will be people that will be blessed in their lives with, you know, abundance of riches. You know, that's this is part of life, and we understand that. But uh, at the same time, you know, what are we doing with that? <coughs> I have heard from many people that the Christian life is boring, um, like quiet. Uh, you kind of live like a hermit life. And, you know, sadly, a lot of Christians do end up living that kind of lifestyle because, well, the world is <laughs> the world is scary. And I said that before. Like, there's a lot of people out there that don't agree with you. I mean, there's probably people in here that don't agree with you. That's just, you know, that's just the way it is. You don't have to agree with people just to get along with people. <coughs> um... In my and this is this is the and uh, Tony's preached about this before and like the, the 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 biggest thing about our Christian life is that no one can tell you what God has done for you, no one can take that away from you, and no one can tell you that it didn't happen because it's your it's your life. So whether they believe the Bible or not, that's why your life is such a big time um, influence on the people around you, because if you are constantly spewing, you know, just light, you know, that's the best way I can describe it, because we all have bad days, you know, we all kind of grumpy, um, I've been awake for a long time now, you know, I work the, the night shift at Disney, <coughs> and honestly, I just want to go to bed, <laughs> when I came, when I came here this morning, I was like, man, I want to go to bed, <laughs> so, you know, and, 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 but, you know, I enjoy these opportunities to, you know, to talk to you guys, I, I don't call it preaching, because, I don't know. I just 
I just don't because I don't feel like I'm a preacher. So, but the um, the Christian life lived to the to the fulfill fullest is is amazing. I mean, it's really the best way. It's awesome. Um, I've been on mission trips. I've been to places that I never really expected to go. Um, I want to go more. Let's see. I've been to Jamaica. I've been to Wales. Uh, I was supposed to go to Chicago. Didn't get to go. Um, and that's another thing about missions. You know, it's not just overseas. It's anywhere. Anywhere the go- the gospel needs to be heard is a, you can go on mission there. So like even just right out our back door here. Um, so that's the abundance that we get. That's the more from us or more for us. So God wants more from us. So what is that? That is he wants us to worship him. He wants us to he wants us to give us give him our full attention, our full mind, our soul, our hearts, our strength, you know, and then from that we get our um our life of abundance. You know, we live it's not it's not prosperity, it's not riches or gold, you know, all that stuff. It's it's our it's our heart that changes and from all that, you know, we get more fulfilled. It's about our life being more fulfilled. It's about our, and then when we, when our time is ultimately up, you know, the kingdom of God is there waiting, and you know, we pray and hope that He says, "You well done, my good and faithful servant." <coughs> and I honestly cannot wait to hear those words, but I cannot. Just because I'm looking forward to that doesn't mean I have to. I can neglect what I'm doing here. Um, like, um, I think it's, um, Philippians 1, actually, where it talks about, uh, this is just a tangent that I, uh, went off on, but, <coughs> let me go to it real quick, let's see if that's what it is. Yeah, it is Philippians. Philippians 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, now if I live now I live in flesh, this means fruitful fruitful work for me, and if I and then I don't know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I am re- that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and you and j- joy in the faith so that because of my coming to you again your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound yes so while i am excited for whatever the next life has for me uh, i have to make sure that i'm living for Christ now um like i said i still can't believe i'm up here getting to share with you guys it's something that if you would have said this to me when I was, I don't know, even just five years ago, I would have said you're crazy. But um, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity once again. Lord, I, I pray that you've been heard, Lord, and that uh, I, sp- I spoke truth and 
the best that I can in your uh, in your ability, Lord. Um, so I pray that today goes well, Lord. I pray that for um, our ones, Lord, and I pray that uh, we just we just live for you, Lord, and that we can we can have this life of.